0: Styles won solo after One Direction went on hiatus over two years ago. As the most well-known member of the group, he was almost guaranteed to be successful, although now we've seen all five guys get top 40 hits in the Billboard Hot 100. What wasn't guaranteed was Harry's image as a solo artist. His entire tour has been framed around the tagline, treat people with kindness. It's printed on his merchandise, which he often wears himself. Anyone who meets Harry talks about how genuinely thoughtful and nice he is and watching him make waves in the music industry by being unwaveringly kind is everything you could ever want for your faith. This message of kindness continues into Harry's live performances. Black Lives Matter posters, rainbow flags, they're not only accepted at Harry's shows, they're expected. Welcome to United by Pops' Fandemonium podcast, where we speak to and about the biggest force in pop culture today, the fans. I'm your host, Jackie Colgraff, and today I'll be speaking with two huge Harry fans from the UK, all about his rise to solo fame from his One Direction days and what makes the Harry Styles fandom unique. Everything we talk about will be linked in the accompanying blog post. So let's meet Julia and Ruby. Um, Okay, cool. Um,
1: I'm Julia. I'm from Brighton in the UK. Um, And I kind of fell into it sort of like around when One Direction were on the X Factor, but that was in my like, I'm so indie and I'm so much better than everyone else because I like good music kind of phase. It was kind of like, everyone was like, I can't believe that you like them. And then I kind of like reached a bit older where I was like, hang on a minute, I don't care and I don't feel the need to call it a guilty pleasure. And then I just became a little bit obsessed. Um, hi, I'm Ruby, I live in London and I guess I guess it's kind of similar because me and Julia have known each other um, a lot of years now and we went to the same gigs as each other and uh, grew up around the same kind of people and I think it definitely was the X Factor that I watched religiously every Saturday with my parents um, and just realising that there was such a huge following for, for One Direction from the beginning and I think that community was both like online and also in real life or something that I was really like drawn to alongside their music, obviously.
0: So you guys both started from like 2010, the very, very beginning.
1: Yeah. I think it was when, you know, when Matt Cardell won the X Factor and there was that video of Harry whispering to him. Oh my God. <laughs> like that was like, I was like, this guy's cool. <laughs> that was the defining moment of our love. right?
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, when they announced their hiatus, tragically, um, were you excited for Harry, nervous for Harry? Did you like immediately know he was going to be a success?
1: I think I always knew that he was going to be a success because he was always like the, so they all had their characters, didn't they? And he was like the cheeky one. And he always had such like stage presence. When you watched him in interviews, he was always seemed very like woke. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was always, like, really fun on stage, and I think he was always the one that had the charisma, and I knew that he was going to do well, and obviously he was really into sort of, like, different music than the rest of them were, and, I, well, like, when he did that playlist in the back of um, Another Man, like, it was all good stuff, like Fleetwood Mac and things like that, and uh was it Rolling Stone when he said, like, teenage girls are going to change the world? Mm-hmm. like he cares about it. like he cares about the fans from before. And like you can see that he like he still plays um One Direction songs at his concerts. He's not trying to hide from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So when um when his first um solo single sign of the times dropped, what was your like initial reaction?
1: <laughs> I remember it so clearly. <laughs> I literally was like sat in my living room and I all of my friends were here and I was just there like shut up everyone <laughs> and just like ran and downloaded it. <laughs> I was away on a on a trip, and we listened to it in the car park of this factory <laughs> um, with um, the people that I was with on the trip. I think only one other person really enjoyed the situation. <laughs> and then obviously, listened to the interview of Nick Grimshaw afterwards, because that was released at the same time. It was like in a six-hour drive back, but that was like the whole way home. <laughs> and the thing is, like, we were saying last night at the gig, actually, that we think it's the least strong song from the album, so we find it quite weird that he chose to release that one as a single. Sorry. I... <laughs> yeah, well,
0: that's always <laughs> seemed to be what One Direction did too. They're like, hmm,
1: what's the worst song on this album? <laughs> okay, that's going to
0: be our radio single.
1: <laughs> Literally, so too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So how was how was last night? Any any lasting memories?
1: <laughs> the leopard print velvet suit. Yes, <laughs> it was so amazing. amazing. Amazing, so and good. he caught um Harry Bo in the crowd. <laughs> I've been telling everyone about that today. <laughs> and Also, and- rainbow, yes, the rainbow. Yeah, they did that,
0: um, the first London show, and then I think they like improved upon it last night because it looked even more incredible. It
1: was crazy. They're like the guy actually organized everyone to have a bit of paper and considering there's like what, 18,000 people at the O2? Yeah. She managed to give everyone it, like these girls in our row were like, oh, these are for you. And then we got given more to like pass along to other people in the row. It was so cool. I know that the One
0: Direction fandom has always been so dedicated and so creative and it's continued over into each of the boys solo careers. And I, I just think it's amazing.
1: Absolutely. Harry Styles fans are the best, we always say.
0: Not biased, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everyone is just so nice. I, I think you can probably vouch for this too, Julia. Like, we've been to a lot of concerts in our lives and I've, you just never feel the same feeling as when you go to like a Harry Styles concert. Like, everyone looks out for each other. It's just such a, a nice environment to be in. Yeah, because we saw One Direction's last show, literally, like, last show on their tour in Sheffield on Halloween. And there were girls just, like, weeping after the show, and it was crazy. But everyone was just being so nice to each other. I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, do you think, I mean, I think Harry really makes an effort to kind of create that inclusive community at his show. Like, I think that's very important to him.
1: Yeah, he says that at the beginning, he says, um I want you to do what to be who you want to be and act how you want to act tonight, like be yourself, which I think is lovely. Think, yeah, and to treat people with kindness all yes. over much. Yeah,
0: I think it's it's a really important message and it's just so unique, like it gives a different a different vibe at his show than any other show.
1: But it is really interesting in the same way because he himself isn't he's not like an a uh, vocal activist for these things. Like I, I think I was saying to you yesterday, Julia, like it's almost the Beyoncé effect, where she doesn't do any interviews anymore, and Harry doesn't really do that many interviews anymore. But it then allowed the fans to sort of project what their image onto him mm-hmm. in some ways. And what I found really interesting is that he never, he yeah, he's never been the forefront of like Black Lives Matter or Pride. He always shares a Pride flag when it is Pride, and it's so obvious that he understands that the fans are so much bigger than his own image. Even when we saw him at Hammersmith, the fans demanded he play Kiwi again, and he played Kiwi again because he knows that the fans are what has made him and what is strength strong. Yeah, definitely. And that was great when he slipped over the Kiwi as well. That was awesome. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think sometimes people are critical of him for um,
0: that—that he doesn't, you know, take more of like a vocal stand. But but I think what you're saying makes sense. Like, he wants his fans to be the voice as opposed to himself.
1: Yeah, I think he's always kind of been that way. Like, there's that interview with him and Niall, and they're talking about, like, who would they be in the characters from American Pie? And Niall says, Stifler. And then Harry turns around, and he's like, he's he's like, oh, Stifler's so cool. And he just goes, no, he objectifies women. That way. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, he's always been vocal but taken a step back. And it's like with the whole the rumors of him being bisexual and stuff like that. And with the new song where he talks about having feelings for like both men and women, like he doesn't need to openly, he's always said in interviews, I'll love anyone. It doesn't matter. And I don't think he's ever felt the need to just put a label on it. Like in the um, Polaroid book we got last night, there's a photo of him in a dress and he's just never felt the need to sort of confine with like masculinity.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes it can be, it can be frustrating. Um, as a fan, like I see a lot of people want answers, obviously, you know, but but I definitely think um a big part of his image and his like charisma is in the enigma um of it, you know, and I think um even without saying anything he says a lot. So he's definitely really, really unique in that perspective. Absolutely. So have you had any other favorite moments of his of his solo career so far?
1: Let me just have a little, thing. Oh, um, Bingo Calling. Yes. On BBC. <laughs> yes. I was just so wholesome. And, like, you could just imagine him being like that with your grandparents. <laughs> it breaks my heart, actually. Just, because you just... I just imagine it. And the fact they didn't want his album.
0: <laughs> I think they're going to use it as a coaster.
1: <laughs> it was so great. He's just so good at performing. Obviously, I know it's not an act, but even, you know, like... This, do you know what my favourite moment of his cinema career is? It's the smirk at the end of the Kiwi video. Oh my... <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I completely agree.
0: So good.
1: Ugh, makes my heart melt. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually really enjoyed Dunkirk as well. Yeah. yeah I nearly is- got kicked out of the cinema for screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I only enjoyed it at the end when I realised he didn't die. So it was yeah. Fun. So I could relax. died. Oh, <laughs> so I spent the whole thing on edge and I had a bottle of wine. So I was a bit like, <laughs> <laughs> what if he dies? I won't be able to cope. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, people always said he was like the Justin Timberlake of One Direction. But I think he, especially with Dunkirk, proved that he's he's more than
1: Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah. And now Justin Timberlake's just a bit of trash now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously, like, I read that thread about the whole Britney thing, about him slating Britney for so long and then using Janet Jackson to, like, further his career and ignore hers. Whereas Harry's songs, although obviously, like, uh, Two Ghosts is clearly about Taylor Swift. It's nev- he's never said in interviews, it's about Taylor Swift or it's about blah, blah, blah it's alluding toward it (laughs) right yeah i guess that's more like fan speculation as well isn't it so
0: yeah he definitely encourages a lot of fan speculation by being so you know quiet about everything
1: i just love the time that um Stevie Nicks said that her and Mick Fleet would have adopted Harry Styles like their own son. And that just warms my heart. (laughs) I just remember when we were um, looking, I found like a Spotify playlist for Harry Styles fans. And the bio was, if you don't know all the words to the chain, then you're not a real fan.
0: (laughs) Aggressive, but true. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's interesting just how fandom has levels beyond just... Yet once you stop just liking someone and start engaging on it in a community level, it's then crazy to think there would these so many different groups that are within it
0: yeah, and I think I think the media especially likes to pull up the not the wrong sides of it but like the deeper, darker, more kind of more interesting sides of it, um which are the sides that like with fan fiction that people just don't want exposed like that like there there's so many better you know nicer things that they could be talking about, like, you know, rainbow flags or, or that sort of, you know, fan projects and stuff. But instead they like to say like, look at this, you know, smut that people write, you know, and we're like, no, no, like, don't, don't show that like, that's not indicative of who we really are.
1: And I guess there's the whole stigma of it being teenage girls.
0: Yes. All these
1: screaming teenage fans. And you just think, people talk about the Beatles as if they were this exclusive rock band. They were literally made by screaming teenage fans. So true. What's the difference? (laughs) It's
0: so true. Because that's like, I mean, that's why I think it was so important when Harry said that to Rolling Stone, that like these, these girls are the future and like, you know, it does matter what they think. We shouldn't just toss that aside.
1: Absolutely. And like when you see them at the shows, they're so involved and they're so invested and you can just see how happy it's made them and what like what is it for you to judge as an old person to say oh that's ridiculous that they are obsessed with a man if it makes them happy it makes them happy
0: yeah I think it like it I can tell with some of the things that Niall has said especially that it was like frustrating for them as musicians when they would make albums especially like the later albums like 4 and and Made in the AM1 they had like rock and folk influences on the album but nobody gave them any credit for it like especially because of the singles that were chosen they were still just discredited as like a boy band pop music machine kind of i think they
1: still do that with them now as well as solo artists yeah and there's just the whole like harry's album got some really good reviews and there's some really bad reviews and i had to sort of be like i wanted to be like take a step back and realize that that is his first album as a solo artist finding his feet Playing guitar, having a full band. So he's I know he's already an established musician, but he's gone from one genre to another and he's started all over again, so you gotta give him the credit for it.
0: Yeah. He needs a, a little time to to reinvent himself too. Like were there any songs on the album that you thought were like a little bit
1: weaker than the others' ones or you think he could have could have done without? when I first listened I really didn't like Kiwi, but mm. now I think it's one of my favourites from seeing him live it's just the cactus black dress mattress come on oh god <laughs> yeah i
0: think kiwi's definitely one of those songs where you see it live and you're like i get it now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he's so great when he performs it live as well we're getting the hip thrust, we're getting the arms and <laughs> the harry whale which was my favorite challenge on twitter yeah like, that was amazing i loved that
0: <laughs> i'm so glad he brought that with him into
1: his career <laughs>
0: It wouldn't be the same if Harry wasn't spitting water on stage. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Also, it goes, he played the chain and then he played Kiwi and it kind of just went into Kiwi and it was Mm -hmm. just great. Beautiful moment. Beautiful moment.
0: (laughs) Do you guys, um, before you saw him live this week, did you follow his shows and his tour, like on Twitter and on Tumblr when, when the, the tour first started?
1: Um, I follow like Harry updates, Harry Harry Styles headquarters. So I see everything as a and then a lot of Instagram accounts. One of them, which is my favorite, which you should check out, Harry Caramel. She writes the oh, captions. It's incredible. Like she's like, I wonder if his winky is the same color as his lips. Oh my God. <laughs> I literally just like I I adore her so much. She's so great, and I think if she, I just oh, I just I just want to be her mate. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> Do you want to talk about the um
0: the sweater? The
1: jumper. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I can be British.
1: <laughs> we we are a bit um as a disclaimer before I talk about it, we are still worried whether it's just been thrown into the abyss and it will never return. But yeah. <laughs> um, me and um a girl on my course called Beth Ranson. Uh, decided at the beginning of this year that we would make a jumper for Harry Styles. It was kind of loosely based on the fact that um, my grandma knitted, hand knitted a jumper and sent it to Elvis Presley. And he uh, wrote a letter back to her to say thank you for the jumper. I really love it. Um, Yeah, love from Elvis. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) On like Graceland embossed paper. It was insane. Um, And my friend Beth also loves Harry Styles. And we're both, we both at the Royal College of Art and we both study knitted textiles. So we were like, oh, we've got a week. Why don't we just make him a jumper? Um, So we did. We designed this pattern that's sort of like a floral pattern. It was really influenced by old Hawaiian shirts and bowling t-shirts. And we looked at a lot of the Gucci designs, the Gucci shirts that he wore, like in the carpool karaoke um, film and his suits, and we designed this image, and it had a a bird on the bottom corner, which is supposed to be the sweet creature um, reference. Um, Yeah, it's actually so nice. (laughs) We took so many photos of us wearing it before we sent it. Um, And then we we managed to get a contact for his management in New York uh, through someone who was also on our course, and we posted it, and then they forwarded it on to Harry's team. We've been told over the last couple of weeks that his team have it but we just don't know <laughs> we don't don't know where it's going we don't know if it's got to him yeah
0: oh my god I hope I really hope because he, it's tricky because he disappears when he's not on stage like we hardly see him anymore so he could be wearing exactly. it every day and we don't
1: know <laughs> <It's> so sad <laughs> but even if you never know he might wear it at home like hanging out It was, I was getting so stressed as well because the jumper's quite, it's not, it's quite thick and it's quite hot Mm. and we sent it to New York and it took like a month to get to them and that was the period where it started getting really warm and I was like, well, he's never going to wear it now because it's now too hot.
0: (laughs) Oh God, well, fingers crossed because that would be incredible.
1: (laughs) He might do autumn, winter 2018 in it. you never know. Oh, that (laughs) would be the dream. (laughs) Oh, I got a tattoo of the day the album came out. Ooh, yes. Oh, yeah, the day the album came out. <laughs> yeah, I got 12th of the 5th, 2017, and then HS underneath it. Um, and when I was, I just went into a walk-in place because I was like, I'm going to do it. The Love of My Life has just released its debut album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i show my love. And when I was in there, this, like, this girl came in and she was like, oh, you're getting a memorial tattoo. Did someone you know die today? And I <laughs> was like, no, Harry Styles' album came out today. <laughs> there was a birth today. There was not a death. <laughs> and people, like, ask me all the time. They're like, oh, did your friend die on that day or something? And I'm like, no. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh,
0: yeah, there are a lot of um, Harry and um, One Direction dedicated tattoos out there in the world.
1: Yeah. And um, what was it? This woman from OK magazine picked it up and put it on their website. She was like, Fans go crazy for Harry Styles' new album. <laughs> she had she, <laughs> she had blurred, your tattoo? She blurred out my URL on Twitter and I was like, What if Harry sees it he's not gonna know who I am? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah,
0: people like to get their um their handwriting tattooed too, so they like when they meet them, they ask them to write things out.
1: I said this last night, didn't I, Ruby? Yeah. <laughs> I said, if I met him, I'd get him to sign my inner wrist and then get out. Mm. Ugh, I wow. like it would be
0: so stressful for them to like, to, like know that the, I would be like, okay, really slowly got to like write this out perfectly. It's going on somebody. Yeah. And you'd make sure you had your best handwriting
1: all joined up. Yes. <laughs> If I had to do that, though, you know when you get a parcel from the post office and you have to sign that horrible screen <laughs> and the whole time you're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. That would be me signing someone's wrist. And yes. it, was, it looks nothing like your own It just <laughs> looks like a squiggle on the face. Sadly, I went, we've, we've yet to meet him. You know? Yeah. I just have recurring dreams where I meet him and I go to take a selfie and on my screen it says... Not enough storage. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like my worst nightmare. Or it comes out blurry. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> or like I drop my phone on the way home or something before I've like posted it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> These are random nightmares.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or even like what outfit will I be wearing when I meet him?
0: Uh, what if it's a bad photo? Or just, like, yeah. Just not a good if angle.
1: I like have three chins in it? <laughs> like, I'd still post it.
0: Uh, yeah. You have to have somebody who <laughs> like... Funny a it knows what they're doing and b just like holds it down and takes a burst of like 30 photos yeah exactly don't don't play around no you gotta you gotta train your friend that you're with on how to do this
1: (laughs) we said I said last night though I was like Ruby if you met him and I didn't I think I'd have to not be your friend
0: (laughs) did you guys know each other um before you were fans or did you meet through being fans
1: um before we've known we we were became friends on the internet on we met through <laughs> like loads of people on tumblr mm-hmm. when we were about how were we? like 15 yeah <laughs> so just kind of before they were on the x factor and then um i guess the bond over when well, i got you one direction tickets for your was it your 21st birthday i think so yeah yeah and we well we made custom denim jackets on the way up to sheffield <laughs> oh that's so cute <laughs> We did like little hearts and your, uh, Ruby's mum posted it last night on Instagram, like, have fun again, girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a velvet heart with like one D in it and then it said Harry and hearts above it. Yeah.
0: So cute. you guys have known each other since since day one. You've been yeah.
1: through the, <laughs> the whole experience together. Yeah. And then we kind of, it's kind of nice to be like, you, I don't know, like when you're a little bit older, I guess sort of people kind of i guess you get it too. i suppose kind of judge you for it and they're like oh it's so embarrassing
0: they are like just let me enjoy myself yes it's a struggle i mean honestly i think I, I don't know why people do that but they really love to shame especially women for what we're passionate about and um it can be it can be really damaging you know and so i i mean i've kind of taken to like making a joke about it every time it comes up because it comes yeah. up a lot because I want to bring it up every second of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you and me
1: both, and everyone is so sick of hearing about it.
0: <laughs> but you know, I just—I don't know—I don't know why people do that. I—I I, I like to think that they're jealous that we have something that we love that like brings us that much happiness, so they want to like take it away. But
1: I do kind of get this thing as well, where like I get a little bit protective over mm-hmm. Harry, like a couple of people I know have only really just started to like get really into him since the album comes out. And they're like tweeting me. Oh my God, I fancy him. And I'm like, he's mine. <laughs> yes. I've been there since day one. Like you yeah. can't take him away from me.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're late. Sorry. <laughs> get in line. <laughs>
1: yeah, basically. And I'm like, yeah, it's great that you like him too, but you're appreciating the work of art. that I've appreciated it since day one. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I have, a, I got a pin from Etsy that says, it says like sorry I talk about Harry Styles so much or something like that
1: oh my god you're gonna have to link that (laughs) Yes, it's amazing I'm looking for it
0: (laughs) and then I have one that's just says Louis Tomlinson and I just they're just my favourite my favourite things
1: Louis is probably my second favourite though because that song Back to You is such a banger
0: yeah that's a good one that's such
1: a banger and when his mum died and stuff I felt so bad for him like when he did that X Factor performance and all the boys were there that was so lovely yeah I agree Oh Ruby, you should talk about um what you did for your final piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, in um for my BA, I um, made a cope, which is I like think a priest a priest piece, like what a priest would wear. Um and it was inspired by how One Direction is so similar to the a religious experience and um, if you want to get close to god you go to church if you want to go cl- if you want to get close to one direction you go on twitter a lot of the people spoke about one direction in such a way that it was like a religious experience for them so that was where the kind of comparison started and then obviously like i used a lot of uh, renaissance religious art pe- art um, paintings other compositions and just edited them with <laughs> One Direction in them. <laughs> there's a painting, um, I can't think what it's called now, but it's like Jesus and the disciples and Judas is like painted in black, like the devil. And I redrew it, but had saying um, <laughs> and Judas. <laughs> Betrayer. <laughs> and you did the church cushion too. Yeah. It so cool. was also fun that like, when you start listening to One Direction, like loads of their songs could be lent to being almost religious. Like there's their lyric that's like, I'll get down on my knees for you. Mm. There's quite a lot of parallels between um, there. Like Girl Almighty, I realized in my research, if you just change Girl to God, it's like a religious banger. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> a religious banger? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sunday school, they're going to start changing up lyrics. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's incredible. So can you like describe in detail what how the piece came out, like what it looked like?
1: It was like a really big, um, it was like a massive circle um, that you've just, this is really hard to explain <laughs> now that I've started, um, and it, the layout of it was the layout of um, the seating plan of the final show that we went to, and each zone of the seating plan was, had its own, like, it, I did illustration for my BA, so it was like all illustrated with different people that, um, that were from the show, or different people that we'd met, or pictures I took while we were there. And a lot of things had different signage on it um, because I was really amazed by all the posters. Uh, I think one thing that I think really sums up the fandom is that people will be sitting all the way at the back of the venue, but they will still make a sign and hold it all night to face Harry Styles, even though he's never, ever going to be able to see it from where he's standing. And I think that kind of just sums up how that kind of love for something, that you're just there with your sign, Showing your love. <laughs> I we spent hours making them. Like, those girls last night, they, their sign taken away from them because it had, like, battery-powered fairy lights on it. So I think it was something, obviously, against, like, security, but they clearly spent so long making it, and I was like, don't take that away from are <laughs> oh. just trying to have a nice time. <laughs> yeah, and I think so that was a big part of the the piece as well. It was, like, a lot of different illustrations, and on the back it had the image of... Um, and St. Judas and on the front it had a lot of fans that had fainted but they were in quite religious positioning people were carrying them and they were their arms were like almost looking like they're on the cross like Jesus um yeah
0: that's amazing it's so important to me that people bring One Direction into their studies
1: (laughs) I always find a way (laughs) they just make me so happy I'm doing my dissertation on fan fiction so I'm finding a way to shoehorn them (laughs) oh
0: that's so cool what is what is it going to be about
1: um, so I'm doing with the fan I do a literature degree so i basically I'm stretching it quite far but I'm doing about <laughs> whether fan fiction can be classified as contemporary literature I love it yeah. so more
0: validation for
1: fans <laughs> yeah basically I'm like yeah don't just be so horrible to them they're writing some good stuff here
0: <laughs> no it's incredible I mean there's like full length novels longer than novels even and it's free and somebody wrote it for no other reason than like because they're passionate about the subject.
1: Exactly. Like what, what more do you want? And then like, if you're just, and they can change their world and to make it something that they want it to be. Mm -hmm. And it's no different to telling a story. I don't think. No, I think it's incredible. It's lovely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's such a great extension to the fandom because it just like, it can go on forever.
1: Yeah. I can't say I've ever written it. I just, I feel like I'd screw it up in some way. <sighs> and there's a lot of pressure,
0: especially because
1: they can, they can be very critical. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I always remember when you're talking about Zayn as Judas, the worst week of my life was when Zayn, Zayn, left One Direction and my long-term boyfriend dumped me on the same day. Oh my God. <laughs> You know when people are like, I got dumped on Valentine's Day? I'm like, I got dumped on the day that Zane left (laughs) Direction." So much worse. And I was like, don't know which one I was more upset about.
0: (laughs) March 25th, dark day. Still remember it very well.
1: (laughs) Um, Thanks for listening to us babble about
0: Harry. It's like a dream. I wish I had more people in my life to babble about Harry with. (laughs) This has been an episode of United by Pop's Fandemonium podcast. To learn more, visit us online at www.unitedbypop.com or on Twitter at
1: United by Pop.